We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Ace is a place with the helpful hardware, folks. At Ace, your backyard's right in our backyard, which means we have hand-picked products that are right for the birds in your neighborhood, like premium bird seed, suet, birdhouses, and feeders. Stop by your local Ace and get everything you need to attract the birds you want, including Ace Wild Bird Food, on sale now. Now through Tuesday only, when you buy two 20-pound bags of wild bird food, get a third bag free, only at Ace, the helpful place. Offer valid through February 28th at participating stores. Uh, I'm your host, James Seltzer, and with, my, uh, uh, with me, as always, uh, my co-host, my good friend, my man, Mr. Benny Ricciardi. What's up, brother? Not too much. Uh, pretty, pretty crazy time in DFS right now. We got some international basketball going on. You know, NFL preseason is getting a restart. It's supposed to start last weekend, but getting a restart for tomorrow night. And then we still got another month and a half of baseball left, so a lot of stuff to talk about. That's right, Ben. There's a lot of action for the uh, the beginning, middle of August, a lot more than you used to. Olympics as well, as you said. Uh, I could care less about the Olympics. Yeah, so. but you know what? I do have to say, that Michael Phelps guy, he's pretty good. Yeah, he's all right. I mean, I feel like he's I could probably good. beat him in swimming, but whatever, no biggie. Yeah, you know what? Actually, I saw a funny tweet yesterday from Bill Murray where he said, from now on in the Olympics, they should allow one regular guy like you or I in there just as a reference point. <laughs> See, it's true. That would make it so much more. I would watch the Olympics if they did that because then at least, like, 
I'm like, oh my god, that guy is so amazing. Instead of yeah. going against other amazing guys, it really doesn't look that impressive. It's like, it's like oh yeah, you know, he's a, he's a little bit better than the field. He beat that guy by a couple seconds. But you throw like you or I in that pool, like yeah, they'll be on there by like six laps or something. Yeah, like they'll be on the third. They'll be on like the last turn of the the 200 meters, and I'll still be going for my first one. I'll be like, I'm almost at the wall. I'm almost at the wall. You That's know, actually so. a really good idea from Bill Murray. I, D- Bill Murray, he's a smart man. I mean, you I know. I agree. And that I okay. So that is our new passion project here at the Roadwire DFS podcast. Benny and I are going to make it our life's work to get either he or I or any of you Joe Schmoes out there who listen to this podcast into the Olympics. Benny, can, I would, we, can we do I this? Would, yeah, I would actually like to see that, like a pros versus Joes where somebody goes up against like Michael Phelps and he has to go like four laps and you only got to go two. I still think you'd probably win. It's decided. We're doing this. I can't wait. I'm going to beat Michael Phelps' ass. That's a new show. We'll call the guys at Fox. We'll get it all set up. It'll yes. be great. We'll make a whole bunch um, of money. It'll be awesome. Yes, because no one's ever had this idea before, and it's uh, it's original. Pros versus Joes, that wasn't a thing, Benny. No, never happened. <laughs> okay, and with that, let's jump into some real pros as we run down this August 10th. Full slate MLB games, three early games, and then a, a bunch of night games we will... Uh, Jump right in. Let me run down the schedule here for you real quick. Uh, starts off at 12-10 in Miami as San Francisco in town. Jeff Samarja taking on David Phelps. Get your uh, get your Michael Phelps on, as it were there, uh, Benny. Uh, head oh, yeah. to Los Angeles, 3-10 start is the Dodgers. host Jeremy Hellickson and the Phillies. Scotty Kazmir going for the Dodgers. Lefty-righty matchup. There we head to Washington, another lefty-righty matchup as Gio Gonzalez takes the for the Nats, taking on Josh Tomlin and the Indians. Then we head down to Boston, Nathan Eovaldi against Drew Pomerantz. A lot of lefty-righty action early on here. Then we move to Pittsburgh at 7.05 as uh, the main start say with that uh, began with that Boston-New York game, and we move on to Pittsburgh. Edwin Jackson and the Padres and down to take on Ryan Vogelsong, still pitching in the major league somehow. Uh, Toronto at 7.07 hosts Tampa Bay. Blake Snell against J.A. Happ. A couple lefties taking on each other there. And then another lefty-righty battle at 7.10 in New York. Robbie Ray, the lefty, heading into town to take on big fat Bartolo Colon in those Mets. And then another lefty-righty. This is like the theme of the day. A lot of lefties on the hills. We've got a couple lefty-lefty matchups as well. Um, Jaime Garcia and the Cardinals host Cincinnati. And the Reds, Anthony Desclafani at 7.15. And then lefty-lefty battle in, uh, in Texas at 8.05 is Martin Perez hosts the, uh, the Rockies and Jorge De La Rosa. And then 8.05 start in uh, Chicago. Ricky Nolasco, uh, new angel, taking on uh, the Cubs and Jason Hamill. A couple of righties there. It's a rare thing for today. And then we head to Milwaukee, Atlanta in town. Jose De La Cruz and uh, Chase Anderson doing battle there as the Braves in town. 8-10 start in Minnesota. Uh, Dallas Keuchel and the Astros in town to take on Irvin Santana and the Twins. Righty-lefty there. Shocker. And then, oh, let's go with another righty-lefty. Why not? 8-15 in Kansas City. Chicago in town. Jose Quintana taking on Ian Kennedy. And and why not another righty-lefty matchup as uh, Giovanni Gallardo in Baltimore in Oakland to take on Ross Detweiler. Uh, back starting in the major leagues. Who saw that coming? Uh, and then uh, we round out the night. 10-10 start in Detroit. Justin Verlander taking on King Felix Hernandez. All right, Benny, let's uh, let's jump right in. And um, weird day with all those lefty-righty matchups. But um, let's start with a righty-righty one here. Uh, in Miami, 12-10 start, first start of the day. Jeff Samarja taking on David Phelps. Do you have any uh, strong opinions on this game, man? 
I actually like the bats a lot more in this game than either one of the pitchers. I've never been a Samarja fan, um, and I'm definitely not a David Phelps fan. So the game is in Miami, which kind of keeps the over-under a little bit low. But I kind of like some of the bats on both sides. I mean, you know, Stanton and Ozuna have been hitting really well lately. Uh, you know, even guys like Prado at the top of the order and Yelich, D. Gordon being back in there. So I think this Miami offense is a little bit better than it has been. Now, did Stanton get hurt yesterday or something? Because I'm looking at the projected lineup for today, and I don't see his name in there, which is a little bit weird. Um, I didn't play him last night, so I don't know. I don't know if something happened last night. I'll have to take a look at that when we get off the air. But um, on the it other side, too. It doesn't look like he did. Um, at least yeah, there's no no breaking, like no news for it. But um, I mean, I mean it's I know also, he, it's, a day, it's a 12-10 star potentially yeah. just giving him a day off, I guess. I know, I know he had that broken bat. Did you see that yesterday? He had a double off the wall that was like, you know, a couple inches from being a home run. He cracked his bat in half. I, I'm insane, sorry, but that's insane power. Yeah, that's insane power that you crack a bat in half and you still almost hit a wall 400 feet. That's, you know, that, guy, that guy's a monster. Um, but, yeah, even on the other side, San Francisco, I mean, you know, Phelps, not really a, a strong pitcher. So you can look at guys like Denard Spann and Brandon Belt, you know, Buster Posey, if he's in the lineup there. I know he was listed as day-to-day yesterday. Uh, you know, Pence, Crawford. You know, I, I like a lot of the bats on both sides of this game. I don't think either one of these guys are really good pitchers. And I think this is one of the games where I will have a lot of bats if you're playing in the early slate. Yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, 2 nothing game yesterday, but then that 8-7, uh, well, 14-15 inning game the day before. Um, I, I think it's more uh, more runs this one than last one. All right, let's move on to our first uh, lefty-righty match of the day in Los Angeles. 3-10 start, which is actually 12-10 out there as... Jeremy Ellickson, the Phillies in town, taking on Scott Casimir. Ellickson uh, wasn't the best his last outing, but for the most part has been really, really good of late. And uh, and Casimir, uh, a really nice matchup against the Phillies here. Is this a, a game for the pitching for you, Ben? You know, I kind of like Ellickson today a lot more than I like Casimir. This, you know, your, your boys, your Philly team, they, they can hit left-handed pitching pretty well. Tommy Joseph hits lefties well. Cameron Rupp hits them well. You know, Aaron Alther, is that how you say it, Alther? Altair. Altair, he's been on it. Speaking of tears, he's been on <laughs> tear. He's been absolutely crushing left-handed pitching lately. So you got four or five bats in that uh, <clears throat> in that Phillies order that have been pretty solid lately. So Casimir's a guy that has some strikeout potential, but he also can get hit by right-handed batters, and they're going to throw probably seven right-handers at him in this lineup here. I, I actually kind of like the Phillies offense a little bit more here, and because of it, I, I like Helixson too. I mean – I tried to stack up against Hellickson early in the year, you know, figuring that he was the same guy he was last year. But by this point, he's proven to me that, you know, he's a better pitcher than he was last year. This It's not a fluke at this point. We're, what, four months into the season? You know, he, he's been really solid. This Dodgers offense does have a little bit of pop. You know, Grandal has been smashing it lately. Um, you know, Justin Turner, very good hitter in righty-on-righty matchups. Corey Seager is, you know, one of my favorite young players in all of baseball. But I actually like Hellickson in this matchup. If I'm playing in an early-only slate, he's actually one of the guys that I've been looking at. Um, I, I wouldn't mind rolling him out there in tournaments if I'm playing an early-only slate. If you're playing an all-day slate, you know I probably don't have any exposure to this game on either side, with the possible exception of uh, Yasmani Grandal, only because he's been so hot lately. I think he has home runs in like two of his last three games or something like that. And um, you know he just kind of looks good and isn't too expensive at the catcher position. Although his price has jumped up, I think he's like thirty four hundred for today. You know we had been getting him at under three K when I've been using him. So 
He's getting to the point where he might be getting a little pricey, but, you know, again, the guy's been so hot, I think I'll still keep him in there. Benny, let's round out that uh, early slate with that 405 game. It's a three-gamer for the early slate in Washington. Uh, as the Indians in town, the Indians taking a win off Max Scherzer yesterday. Scherzer, I think, had a no-hitter through six innings, and the Indians yep. clawed some runs out and won the game. Uh, uh, interesting matchup today, Josh Tomlin taking on the lefty, Gio Gonzalez, both pitchers who we've seen good and bad from. Uh, what are you expecting more of today, Ben? Yeah, I'm not on either one of these pitchers. That's why I said in the early slate, I think Hellickson's a guy that I'm going to wind up going with. I like Rajay Davis going up against the lefty, Gio Gonzalez. I like Mike Napoli going up against the lefty, Gio Gonzalez. Um, and then on the other side of the game, you know, I like Trey Turner at the top of this order. I mean, this is a guy that gets on base and, and he's got some wheels. So when he gets on, he steals, he scores some runs. You know, he's been a really good addition to this Washington Nationals team. And I know Dusty Baker hates playing young kids, but the way this kid's been playing, he should have been up here three months ago. It's, 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 it's stupid that they didn't have him up earlier. I can't use Bryce Harper because he just has not hit. In the last two months, his batting average is like an A-Rod-esque just above 200. So, you know, he had an on-fire start to the season, but he really has just cooled off. So I, he's not somebody I can spend up on. If I'm taking another bat on Washington, it's probably going to be Daniel Murphy, uh, the lefty going up against Tomlin. He's got a little bit of home run pop. Tomlin's been known to give up a home run every now and then. And then Wilson Ramos, another another guy, 3K as a catcher option. I think he's probably, if not the best hitting catcher this year, easily in the top three hitting catchers in the league. And he goes low-owned every day, so I love that fact. So those are the guys that I'd be looking at, probably more on the bats than any of the pitching here. Yeah, Ramos, I don't get it. At 3,000, dude's batting 330. Yeah. <laughs> hitting home runs. He does like but every day. Home run. Yeah, I was going to say, he's got like 12, 15 home runs. Yeah. Too. He's he's been the best catching hitting catcher in baseball, or at least one of one of uh, you know two or three guys who are or significantly better than everybody else. Totally agree. Yeah. I, I don't and, get and the, the pricing. The other guys that are in his league hitting wise are like four thousand dollars, like a Buster yeah. Posey or something, you know, or if you get like Blue Croy against a lefty, or you know, he he seems to just be cheap every day. And like I said, he goes low owned every day. It's like people don't know about him. So I've been rolling him out a lot, especially in cash and. I think this is another decent spot to do it here. All right, let's move on to the main slate. 7 o'clock start in Boston as Benny's Yankees are in town. Little Yankees, Red Sox, maybe not the the juice that yet used to have, Benny, but Nathan Ivaldi taking on Drew Pomerantz. What do you think about this one? You know, the Yankees haven't hit lefties well this year, so I would think Pomerantz is actually in a pretty decent spot. Um, hasn't been great since coming over to Boston, but... You know, see, the problem with this is the Yankees-Red Sox games, as a Yankees fan, I can tell you they tend to go back and forth. They tend to end like 8-6, 8-7, and the starting pitchers almost never get a win because the Yankees will go up a run, and then the Red Sox will go up two runs, and then the Yankees will hit a home run and go up a run. And usually the winning pitcher is somebody that came in in the seventh or eighth inning and, you know, got like two outs, and then, you know, the, the game got handed over to the bullpen. So I think I'm off of both of these pitchers here, probably more on some of the bats. Uh, I really like David Ortiz going up against the righty and Nathan Eovaldi, who throws, you know, mostly fastballs. I like um, I like Mookie Betts at the top of that order. He's been really good this year. You know, if you want to look at some of the other guys, Jackie Bradley Jr., somebody I'm taking a look at, Travis Shaw I have down here on my short list. You know, probably looking more at the lefties for the, uh, for the Red Sox here. And honestly, I mean, I haven't played really any Yankee bats all season long. So, even that, yeah. Fan, I'm not going to break that streak today. 
Yeah, I, I agree across the board. And, and even though I'm not playing a ton of Yankees bats, I'm not probably getting a ton of Pomerantz um, shares as well. As you pointed out, I, he just hasn't looked the same uh, since moving over to the AL and, and a lot of walks, which is really worrisome. So I want to see more from him before I'm willing to, to spend that kind of money on him. All right, Benny, moving on to Pittsburgh, San Diego in town. Edwin Jackson it, against Ryan Vogelsong. I was about to say Edwin Jackson back from the dead, but it's really – Two pitchers who, even five years ago, were two of the worst pitchers in baseball, and yet somehow, some way, Benny, are doing battle today. What do you do here? I mean, I think you take whatever bats you want on both sides <laughs> of this game. I mean, neither one, you know, neither one of these pitchers is somebody that I would be afraid to take bats against. So, you know, I really like Alex Dickinson um, for San Diego. I, a lot of people probably don't even know. This is a, a young left-handed bat that they brought up, and he's just been absolutely crushing the ball lately. So he, he was hitting in the cleanup spot recently. I, I like Dickerson a lot. I think he's somebody that, um, you know, is going under-owned a lot of the times. He's only 3300 on FanDuel here today, so the price is pretty reasonable. And, you know, think about it. How many times do we see a game? <clears throat> Pittsburgh is a good pitcher's park. How many times do we see a game in Pittsburgh with an over-under of nine? That's like getting an over-under of 11 in Coors Field to get a nine in Pittsburgh. So I definitely think these teams are going to be able to put up some runs. You know, the Pittsburgh offense hasn't been all that great either. But again, they're going up against Edwin Jackson, who's a guy that, you know, has been prone to being blown up. Like you said, five years ago, this is a guy that was getting blown up that, you know, when you first started playing Daily Fantasy, you were targeting against. So the fact that he's back in the majors and pitching again, you know, nothing's really changed. I mean, I wouldn't use either one of these guys at around 7K. That's just crazy to me. To me, if you're going to do anything, you know, I think you take bats on both sides of this game with uh, Alex Dickerson probably being my favorite. Yeah, I feel similarly. I like that whole Padres lineup a lot these days. They've been hitting real well. Shrimp at second base against the right. Yep. always nice. Mm -hmm. um, Solarte, better against lefties, but good against both sides of the plate. Jankowski. Uh, nice against a righty as well. So um, a lineup that I like a lot right now is a sneaky kind of play. So uh, totally agree. All right, let's move on. 7-0-7 battle in Toronto as we do have an actual two lefties going in this game instead of just one. Blake Snell going for the Rays, taking on uh, the, the consistent, the uh, somehow, some way at 33 years old, just keeps getting better, Mr. J.A. Happ. Uh, what do you think about this one, Ben? Or are you getting either of these pitchers in your lineup? This game has me pretty much perplexed, and I'm going to tell you why. Both of these teams hit left-handed pitching incredibly well. Tampa Bay's lineup crushes lefties. You know, Toronto's lineup crushes lefties. But both of these pitchers have been really good lately. You know, so normally against a lefty on Tampa Bay, I want Forsyth, I want Longoria, I want, um, you know, maybe a guy. Well, actually, they traded guy, didn't they? Yeah, so he's off their yeah, team now, saying, but, you know. Yeah, Forsyth, Longoria, maybe like a Steven Souza. But again, like you said, Hap has been really, really good lately. So I, I think you can use a couple of those guys maybe as a one-off. Like if you're stacking up another team and you got an open spot for a second or third baseman, that's probably the way I'd do it. I wouldn't be stacking up the Tampa Bay Rays today. But again, the game's in Toronto. You know, this Tampa Bay team hits a lot of home runs. They are facing a lefty who they tend to hit a lot of their home runs off of. So I think a guy like a Forsyth or a Longoria would be kind of one-off plays that I'd be looking at. And then the same thing on the other side of this game. You know, Josh Donaldson has the third highest Woba in the last two years against left-handed pitching behind only, I think, Goldschmidt is first and um, Nelson Cruz, who we talked about before, is second. So Donaldson definitely in play. Encarnacion crushes left-handed pitching. Batista's back. He hits lefties pretty well. 
I would stay away from Devin Travis here. He actually does better in righty on righty spots, but you know, at 3K at the top of the order, that's a pretty solid price. And Snell has some strikeout upside. I mean, this kid's a big prospect. He was he was like their number one pitching prospect in the minor leagues when they called him up. He had a little bit of a rocky start in his first couple, but in his last couple, he's been pretty good, and the strikeout numbers have been there. So, like I said, I I think that these this game, I think that these two teams are going to be higher owned than they probably should be going up against the pitchers that they're going up against and how those guys have been pitching. So, like I said, I don't mind Batista, Donaldson, and Carnacion. I understand why people would want any of them in their roster. I, I just I have a bad feeling. Like I feel like this game is going to end up maybe 4-2 or 4-3, which isn't bad, but it's not going to be enough offense to you know help you win a tournament today. Yeah, and that would not be enough pitching to help you win one either, so it's kind of a no. frustrating spot in there. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally agree. I do like Hap uh, a little bit. I know Tampa Bay has hit. Uh, left-handed pitcher as well, but he's been so good, especially at home. I, th- I think he will be okay, but agreed. I think it's a tough way to, to roll either of those guys out and really just a tough spot in general considering what you would normally expect. All right, Benny, <clears throat> let's move on to New York as the uh, the Mets host the Arizona D-backs, bringing in lefty Robbie Ray, taking on Bartolo Colon. Uh, Ray, hit or miss, Colon, big fat Bartolo Colon. What are you doing here, Ben? You know, Robbie Ray has has had some pretty good strikeout numbers, but he's also been getting hit around a little bit. The one bat that I have here that I have circled is actually uh, Wilmer Flores for the Mets. Flores has been crushing left-handed pitching lately. Um, So he's somebody that I want some exposure to. Third base eligible, only 2,800 on FanDuel. Very good salary-saving option to help you fit in some higher-end pitching today. Um, On the other side of this game, I mean... You know, between Jared Weaver and Bartolo Colon, if you're somebody who looks at the numbers, you can't fathom how these guys are not getting lit up. But they keep going out there and putting up decent gains, you know, and and keeping the other team off balance. I mean, Goldschmidt, somebody who I'd definitely take a look at, you know, righty on righty, Bartolo Colon is, he's kind of a splits neutral guy at this point in his career. You know, righties and lefties are both hitting him pretty well. His batting average is really high. He does give up a couple home runs, but the guy just keeps winning games. I don't know how he does it. It's like, I don't know, it's like voodoo magic or something. So, you know, I I like Goldschmidt a little bit. But other than that, I mean, this this Arizona lineup, to me, is just kind of underperformed all season long. Like, we were expecting them to be one of the higher scoring teams in the league. You know, they got some nice bats in there. Guys like uh, Yasmani Tomas and Jake Lamb. Like, you know, these guys got some power. But really, other than maybe Goldie, who's kind of expensive at 4K, I don't think I'm really looking at any bats in the Diamondbacks. I, I don't know. Maybe that's a maybe that's a problem. But again, you look at the the total in this game. Total's only seven and a half. You know, the Diamondbacks are expected to score three and a half. The the Mets are expected to score four. You know, it's not a lot of offense that's really going to help you win a tournament. So, like I said, I think I, I'm not using either one of these pitchers. But you know, maybe a bat here or a bat there. Goldschmidt and Flores being the two I like the most, but not really loving anything here. Yeah, I feel similarly. The uh, the Diamondbacks never really recovered after that AJ Pollock injury at the end of the season, and then mm-hmm. the offense was kind of never the same. All right, Benny, seven fifteen start in St. Louis. Anthony Desclafani and the Reds in town taking on Jaime Garcia. Garcia coming off a uh, eight inning, eleven strikeout, dominant shutout performance in his last outing. Uh, what are you expecting in this one, Ben? You know, I have Joey Votto circled here. I really, really like Joey Votto today. And the reason for it is Garcia is a good pitcher, but he's the rarest thing we have in baseball. He's a reverse splits lefty. 
Um, and, you know, some people tell you that reverse splits don't exist, but I look at the numbers. If I see that, you know, he actually has allowed a higher batting average to left-handed bats and, you know, left-handed bats have hit him better. And it's been over the course of the last couple seasons. So when you see that there's a track record of left-handers hitting him better over the course of a couple seasons, you know, I, I think that's something to pay attention to. Joey Votto's a guy who has always done very well, even in lefty-on-lefty matchups. So I like Votto here against Garcia. You know, I guess you can look at Hamilton because this guy has just been, you know, I actually tweeted out yesterday that he's a kleptomaniac. Every time he gets on base, he's stealing. And he's gotten multiple, multiple stolen bases in, you know, the last couple games. So it seems like, you know, he's got the green light right now. If he walks, if he gets, if he hits a single, if he's on first base, he's going to wind up on second and sometimes even third. The other day, he stole second and third and back-to-back pitches. You know, his speed is just, it's something that you have to, you have to be okay with. So basically in tournaments, I think he's somebody that you can look at because, again, if he gets on base and then he steals and then he scores a run, you know, at 3,300, he's basically getting you value in one at bat, which, you know, is something that you can't really sleep on. So I like Votto a lot. Hamilton would be the only other guy I think I'd look at. And then Di Scalfani has probably been the Reds' best pitcher. But this Cardinals team does hit right-handed pitching pretty well. So you got Carpenter on the top of the lineup I like. Brandon Moss hitting up there. Matt Holliday hit a home run yesterday. Um, You know, there's a couple big bats on this Cardinals team. They're a team that I usually like to stack up more than I like to take individual bats, with the exception of Carpenter. Although Carpenter's kind of, you know, he's coming off the injury. He's not really 100% right now. So for me, if I'm going to do anything, it would be stacking the Cardinals. And like I said, Di Stefani is somebody who's probably one of the better pitchers on the Reds. So I don't think it's the greatest spot to stack them up. I'm kind of staying away from them, which could be a, you know, it could be a problem. But this is a team that doesn't have like one or two guys that gives you big upside. What they what they usually wind up doing is, you know, stringing together a bunch of singles or doubles or grabbing a walk. And, you know, everybody kind of contributes, which makes it tough to use them for fantasy. Yeah, I agree, Ben. Uh, uh, it's really tough spot to use him for fantasy. But uh, I, I, the thing you brought up that I want to just echo the most is the Billy Hamilton stuff. He has been running like crazy and, and hitting better and getting on base more. Um, so uh, he's certainly a guy you usually think of in those tournament plays, getting those guys who are, are home run hitters or the big guys who can really put up those big numbers. Um, he's someone who can do it when he's dealing three, four base a game. That's going to get you a lot of freaking points. So, um, yeah, he totally, can, he can, totally he, agree. Can, he can get you 25, 30 fantasy points without hitting the ball out of the infield. Exactly. That's <laughs> exactly right. And there's no one else who can do that. So, no. uh, I love that card before I move on to the eight o'clock and beyond starts. Let me remind everyone that MLB season is in full swing. And that means that daily fantasy baseball is here and back. So go to fanduelcom Building a team is easy. Just pick your players, stay under the salary cap, and sit back tonight and watch your team win. Entry fees start at just $1. Anyone can play. Benny plays. I play. My wife plays. My dog plays. Both my dogs play. One of my dogs a little bit better than the other one. But the point is that everyone loves playing. It's the funnest thing you can do. (laughs) Join over 1 million other users who have already won money. It's never too late. Uh, come play with me and Benny over at Fando.com. So go to Fando.com and click the microphone in the upper right-hand corner to uh, use my code RWPOD to sign up now. That's RWPOD. Special offer for new users. Get a free six-month subscription for, to Rotowire with a $25 deposit. You must sign up with my promo code RWPOD for over $60 in value for just $25. Don't forget my code RWPOD over at Fando.com where every day is a new season. That's Fando. 
F-A-N-D-U-E-L dot com. Sign up today. All right, Benny. 805, Texas. Jorge De La Rosa and the Rockies in town. Martin Perez and the Rangers. Get crazy, Benny. All right, I'll tell you what. Let's, let's, let's get crazy right here. I'm going to make a little bit of a bold call here. I think you're crazy if you're using Colorado Rockies here today. Ooh. And I'll tell you why. Because this team has always struggled against left-handed pitching, and they always struggle on the road. And then the best bat that they have had against left-handed pitching all season long has been Story. And Story is out for the year, no longer in the lineup. So they just got – this is a team that was already weak on the road against left-handed pitching, and they just got weaker because now you're putting, what, Christian Adams in there instead of Story? You know, so I think that this is a – I'm not going to say it's a spot that I'm going to use Martin Perez, but here's the thing about Perez too. You know, he keeps the ball on the ground. He's pretty much an extreme ground ball pitcher. And he's a guy that may give up a lot of hits, but he normally doesn't give up a ton of runs. He's not a guy that's been getting lit up this season for seven or eight runs. Yeah, he might give up three or four runs in every single start he has, but three or four runs is not going to be enough to have your bats help you win a tournament. So I'm kind of staying away from the Rockies here. DJ LeMayhew and Nolan Arenado are probably the two best bats to throw in there. Um, and, and honestly, I don't have any exposure to either one of them in the lineups I started making. I think they're both a little expensive, even for a game that has the highest total on the day at 10. Now, on the other side of this game, I do actually like the Rangers bats a little more. Even though De La Rosa is a little bit better away from home, he actually has really good numbers on the road this year. When you're, when you're doing your research tonight, take a look at De La Rosa's splits between home and road. It's kind of shocking. Like, on the road, he's actually a good pitcher. You know, at home, he's been getting lit up, and that's what makes his numbers look so bad. But he's been pretty decent on the road. With that being said, though, this Texas team does have some big bats that can hit um, left-handed pitching. I like Ian Desmond a little bit. I like Adrian Beltre. Uh, if you get Carlos Beltran in the lineup, he's somebody else I'd look at here, although he's been day-to-day and been out of the lineup the last couple days. Uh, Jonathan Lucroy, I think, is in a good spot. If Ryan Rua gets in there, I like him as well. Um, you know, Jurickson Profar, if he's in there. I mean, there's a bunch of guys on this uh, on this Texas team that hit left-handed pitching pretty well. So I don't think it's an easy spot for De La Rosa. I'd probably be looking more at the Texas bats here. And like I said, my bold call is I don't think the Rockies are going to produce here. I'm kind of staying away from them. Don't play your Rockies. This is the first time in the history of this podcast, in the history of knowing Benny, that Benny has said those words. Well, I, they, they, are, they, are on, they are on the road. Know, if the game was in Coors Field, I'd still say the Rockies are viable. But on the road, I'm telling you, I don't think the Rockies are going to put up... Now they're going to go and put up 10 runs, and I'm going to look like an idiot. But most of the time, on the road is where they're weaker. Against lefties is where they're weaker. And without their... What, what has been their best hitter all season against lefties in story, I just don't think it's a great spot for them. So I'm going to be staying away completely. This is, this is a revolutionary type stuff here, man. <laughs> Who saw this coming? <laughs> no, um, I, I'm with you, though. I, I totally get where you're coming from. But, oh, man, it's tough to not get anyone in the lineup against Martin Perez. But uh, I certainly feel there. All well, right, ben. Who, who would you take, though? Would it be Arenado? I mean, I mean, you know. the pricing is really the issue. I mean, yes, I, I, yeah. I do like Arenado at 3,900. Here's the thing. I love Arenado at 3,900 against Perez, uh, especially because if you look at I mean, like, Arenado's been white hot, man. I mean, mm-hmm. he's got in his last week of FanDuel performances, he's four out of seven are, you know, 20 plus. He's got a 38 and a 56 in there. Um, he's been hot. Yeah, those are pretty good numbers. Yeah, I think 3,900, I mean, it's. Hi, but when you look, I mean, Chris Bryant's 4,400. You know, he's the yeah. fifth highest priced third baseman on the board. You're getting Arenado. That seems like a bit of a value to me there. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah, but, understandable. Uh, but, but otherwise, I agree. There's not much other excitement on the board. And do like the Rockies uh, a little bit uh, from the pitching perspective as well, because De La Rosa is one of those guys who is just criminally underrated. And uh, uh, is he the best Rockies pitcher ever? In terms of like, you know, obviously you balder for that one year, but in terms of career production, is it is it him? <laughs> At this point, it might be, but I got to be honest, they got some young guys that, that are there now that are starting to pitch pretty well, like Gray and, you know, even Anderson. I mean, they figure, I think they figured out how to get pitchers that aren't going to get rocked in Coors Field. They got guys that throw... You know, they keep the ball down in the zone and induce a lot of ground balls. And, I, you know, like, I think Gray is going to wind up being very, like, top-end, you know, perennial all-star kind of starter. So, for now, De La Rosa may have the mantle, but I don't think he's going to hold it for very long. All right, Penny, let's move to Chi-Town. 805 star Ricky Nolasco and his Angels. Who saw that coming? Heading to town, taking on Jason Hamill and the Cubs. Uh, you getting some Cubs in your lineup? Yeah, you know, Hamill's been pretty good this year. The only bad I would even consider on Los Angeles is Trout. And then you got Ricky Nolasco going up against the Cubs. I mean, I expect the Cubs to put up a lot of runs against him. You know, again, Brian's expensive, but he's a stud. You know, Rizzo's expensive, but he's a stud. Dexter Fowler on top of the order. Zobrist has been hitting cleanup lately. Wilson Contreras. I mean, you know, you name a guy in the Cubs order, and I'd probably tell you that I wouldn't mind if you put him into your lineup. The only problem that you're going to have, other than Contreras, who is still only 2.9K, hit a home run last night. They have him batting in the eight hole last night, which I don't like. I'd much rather see him in the middle of the order like had been. Um, he's the only real cheap one. But other than that, I mean, if you can afford any of these guys at the top of the order, I mean, you know, it's the Cubs. They're putting up runs left and right. They, you know, they got a whole bunch of really solid hitters. They're healthy again. You know, I mean, you look at this order. Dexter Fowler, Chris Bryant, Rizzo, Zobris, Contreras, Hayward, Russell, Baez. I mean, there's not an easy out in that entire lineup. So it, it, whoever you want to use, whoever you can afford to put in there, I do think that, um, you know, the Chicago Cubs are going to put up some runs today. I am with you, sir. I, I completely agree. Ricky Nolasco, I will, I will go up against him in any sort of fantasy contest or real-life contest possible. Uh, always try and take advantage of that. And I do think there is a little hidden value there with Hamill, though. Um, the pricing, uh, not quite as cheap as you would like for Hamill, but, you know, 9000 Again, not great, but against that crappy Angels lineup, I think there might be uh, – he might be a nice kind of tournament player who's going to be extremely low-owned that you can maybe mm -hmm. kind of slide by some people. All right, yeah, Benny, I can see that. Uh, let's move on. 8-10-er in Milwaukee. I like to say 8-10-er instead of an 8-10. What do you think of that? I'm okay with it. I okay. mean, hey, you know, whatever okay, whatever, whatever floats your boat, bro. Right. I'm not going right. to stop it. There we go. Eight tenner in Milwaukee. Jose De La Cruz. And the Braves in town taking on Chase Anderson. Benny, you know I was going to love to say Jose De La Cruz, if you know anything about me. Oh, yeah. You, you love the, uh, the, the Spanish <laughs> last name. De La Spanish Cruz. Spanish last name that you can put the, uh, you know, little little emphasis on. Oh, yeah, you like yeah buddy. It's, it's pretty much, uh, spoiler alert everyone out there, it is my favorite part of this podcast. <laughs> well, I actually, you know, I actually like a couple bats in this game. Chase Anderson's been pretty solid. Other than Freddie Freeman, not really looking at anybody on Atlanta. Um, on the other side of the game, I mean, we usually like to take Milwaukee more against left-handed pitching. But it's not like your boy De La Cruz is going to be somebody that we're going to be afraid to take bats against. You know, Scooter Gannett has been hitting cleanup against uh, right-handed pitching lately, which... 
says a lot about the Milwaukee lineup. But again, you know, if you're getting a cheap second baseman, oh, actually, his price got jumped up. I didn't even see that. 3.4 today. It's probably a little more than I'd be willing to spend on him. But again, he is hitting cleanup. So, you know, take that into consideration. I like Ryan Braun. He's their best hitter in righty on righty matchups. Um, you know, Hernan Perez has been somebody I've been talking about for a while. Ever since they traded Aaron Hill, you know, he just seems to keep producing. So you got to keep an eye on him as well. But then Jonathan Villar, who's not cheap. Um, but I like him in tournaments because he does have upside. He's got a little bit of home run pop. He can steal a base. You know, we've seen him get some multi-hit games where he puts up three or four hits for you from the top of that order. So there's a couple guys here that are interesting. But honestly, I, I just feel like there are better spots, to, you know, for guys that I'm going to be using here today. So maybe as a one-off, a guy like Villar or Braun or Perez. But, you know, I don't really think I'm going to stack them up here today. Yeah, De La Cruz actually looked all right in his last outing, and I, I feel similarly in the sense that uh, there's no one that I love. If you were a left-handed pitcher, I'd probably have a few more guys I was a little more excited about, but otherwise kind of a, a stay away across the board there is me as well. But I do like the idea of dropping a Braun in here or dropping a Villar in there and, and you know, kind of a one-off, but I agree I'm not rolling with a lineup full of Brewers. All right, Benny, 8-15 start in Minnesota. Dallas Keiko coming off his – Maybe best outing of the season going up against Bigger. Vervin Santana has pitched pretty well for the Twins of late. Yeah, you know, I, I at first glance, I thought I was going to like more bats in this game than I do. I don't really think I'm going to be using many many of them at all. I don't think I'm using either one of the pitchers either, though. I think Keuchel's a little bit too expensive for me. The, the strikeouts haven't really been there this year, and there's other options that I like better. I don't think I'm paying almost 9 k for him. And like you said, Santana's actually been pretty solid, but... Against right-handed pitching, this Houston team is not somebody I want to have a lot of exposure to. You know, Correa is the best bat they have in righty-on-righty situations, but I'm not paying up for him. I mean, I think all the bats on Houston are a little pricey here today, so I'm kind of staying away from them. Minnesota's been hitting the ball pretty well. Against a lefty, I guess you can look at a guy like Dozier at the top of the order. Um, a Miguel Sano, another guy who's been hitting pretty well lately. You know, it kind of takes the lefties like Kepler and Bauer out of it for me. I, I Like I said, I just – I don't really love the I, – I think the pitching is good, but I don't think I'd pay up for it. And because I like the pitching and think it's good, I, I'm not really excited about any of these bets. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying here, and, and I would definitely lean with the pitching as well. I don't know. I, I just – what's funny for me is I kind of like Santana more than I like Keiko, which is yeah. weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you're saving – what. Thirteen hundred, no, excuse me, eleven hundred dollars going with Santana, and he's pitched really well lately. And we just saw, look, we just saw Tyler Duffy shut this Houston offense down a couple yeah. nights ago. So, you know, I, yeah, I feel the same way. I totally get that, Benny. Yeah, against against right-handed pitching, this Houston lineup isn't all isn't all that spectacular. You know, Springer and Altuve crush lefties, but they don't hit righties all that well. You got a righty like Bregman. You got righties like Gaddis, Marvin Gonzalez. All these guys hit lefties well, but they don't hit righties well. And the thing is, too, Houston is one of those teams that strikes out a lot. So, you know, you could actually get a pretty decent game out of Irvin Santana here because most guys have been outperforming their usual strikeout numbers against this Houston lineup. It's a great point. Houston strikes out, uh, I believe, third most of any team against right-handed pitching and, and I believe second most overall. So uh, strikeout percentage is something like 24% or something. They they strike out a ton. Um, so mm-hmm. so there's some value there. All right, Benny, last the eight-hour uh, starts, 8-15 start in KC. Jose Quintana on the hill for the uh, 
the White Sox taking on Ian Kennedy, who's such a uh, hit-or-miss guy, uh, was terrific uh, last outing. And, and uh, Quintana's been pretty steady. What do you think about this, Ben? I actually like both of these pitchers. Um, I like Kennedy because, like you said, <clears throat> he's been getting the strikeouts lately. You know, his biggest problem is the is the home run ball. But in Kansas City, he's usually able to keep a lot of those in the park. And honestly, we talked about it all season. The Chicago White Sox team, they don't have a lot of offensive upside. That's that's just not what they are. If they scored a lot of runs, then, you know, some of these pitchers would have much better records to go along with the, you know, quality underlying stats that they have. And then on the other side, I actually like Quintana, too. The Royals have not been hitting all that much lately. You know, the two bats that I, that I would be a little bit weary of in the uh, – well, actually three bats in the Royals lineup. You know, Lorenzo Cain has always hit left-handed pitching well, so he's somebody to, to keep an eye on. And then guys like Morales and uh, Sal Perez are both pretty cheap, and they both do pretty well against left-handed pitching, too. So those would be the three bats that I would kind of take a look at, Cain, Morales, and Perez. But, I mean, Quintana's been very good this year, so I, I kind of like the pitching here a lot more than I like any of the bats to use. Yeah, I, I, I really don't have anything to add. I, I feel the same way. I like the pitching a little bit more here. Neither of these offenses gets me going, especially in this spot. Uh, we know your uh, disdain for the White Sox offense, so uh, let's move on there. 10.05 start in Oakland. Uh, Baltimore in town, Giovanni Gallardo taking on Ross Detweiler, getting another start in the majors. Ross Detweiler is back. Uh, did you miss Ross Detweiler, Benny? Yeah, I miss stacking guys up against them. And I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss it. You know, today I think I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna get all that out. So Adam Jones, I like Manny Machado, I like Mark Trumbo, I like. Um, you know, I'm gonna put all those guys in my lineup. I really hate the fact that they bat Jonathan uh, Scope second against left-handed pitching because Scope actually is better in righty-on-righty matchups. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe if you want to throw him in there, I think he would be one of the guys that I skip, um, you know, to maybe put like, I don't know who they're going to bat fifth. Maybe a, maybe a Matt Wieters in fifth. You know, Chris Davis, Chris Davis, I can't pay 4K for in a lefty-on-lefty matchup. He Even in a righty-on-lefty matchup at this point, he just has not been hitting the ball. So he's kind of out of it for me. And then um, Gallardo is somebody else that I think we can kind of pick on here. So, you know, Stephen Vogt is very cheap, batting third, left-handed bat against the righty. I don't hate Chris Davis in righty-on-righty matchups. Don't hate Danny Valencia in righty-on-righty matchups. So, you know, I'm, I'm all about bats in this game. I'm not even touching either one of these pitchers. Yeah, Benny, uh, I, I mean, the real thing that I take away from that is that I'm going to have to be on the phone with Ross Detweiler apologizing to him for your comments. A huge fan of the show <laughs> listens every time, you know, but I'll handle that, Benny, uh, and we'll move on here. All right, 10-10 start in Seattle as we round out the night. A couple of better pitchers uh, in this one. Justin Verlander taking on Felix Hernandez. Verlander, in particular, has been um, really terrific and consistent for the last couple months. Uh, are you going with Verlander today? Uh, I believe, let me double check before I make myself sound stupid, uh, that he is, yes, I am correct. That this is both the two highest pitchers on the board, but Verlander, the highest priced guy on the board today. Uh, where do you kind of go with this, Ben? Yeah, I've kind of been riding Verlander for a while now. I think people are still thinking about Verlander from last year when he was pretty bad, but he's been really good this season, and he keeps going low-owned, and he keeps making me money, so I'm not jumping off the horse yet. And... It makes no sense to me that him and Felix are only $400 apart because Verlander's pitching well, getting strikeouts, going deep into the games. And, I mean, Felix, who's a guy that I, I have always liked, he's just struggling this year. He really doesn't have his best stuff. He's been giving up a couple home runs. I, I, I look at this and I see that 
you know, the game is pretty close here, and I don't think it should be. I think Verlander should be a big favorite. I think Detroit's going to put up five or six runs against Felix today, and I don't think that, uh, you know, Seattle, as good as that offense is, is going to really knock Verlander around. And if you think about it, you look at Verlander's numbers, he's more of a reverse splits kind of guy. So right-handed bats have been the ones that have done better against him. And this Seattle lineup is very lefty heavy. You know, you got guys like Cano, you got guys like Seth Smith who will probably be in there. Ioki's been leading off for him. Um, you know, you got Kyle Seeger in there, you got Adam Lind in there, you got Leonis Martin in there. Those are all left-handed bats. And Verlander's tough on left-handed bats. So I don't see how the Seattle order is gonna put up a lot of runs here. Unless Nelson Cruz goes like four for four with four home runs. But even Nelson Cruz, you know, much better against left-handed pitching. So for me, I think this is a really good spot for Verlander. I don't mind looking at some of these Detroit bats here against Felix, although I don't think I'm going to be stacking them up at the, you know, in this matchup. It's not a great hitter's ballpark in Seattle, but I am completely off of the Seattle lineup, and I'm not using any Felix Hernandez today. I feel exactly the same way. That the themes of the day, riding Verlander, making fun of Ross Detweiler, saying <laughs> Jose de la Cruz. And much more, Benny. I thought that was that was a, a pretty all-over-the-place show, and I enjoyed it. Well, I mean, 15 games, there was a lot to talk about here today, but uh, I, I think this is a pretty good slate here tonight. Like I said, Verlander, to me, is going to go low-owned in tournaments and in cash games. I'm going to have a lot of exposure to him. He's going to pitch a gem, and I'm going to make a lot of money, so I like it. This, this is why we bring this guy in, folks. This is why <laughs> we pay him the big bucks to bring in this kind of information. Is the big bucks coming? Because I don't know. The, the last couple of paychecks haven't been that big. Wait, also. hold on. You get paid? You get paid in the first place? All right, we're out of here. This is over. <laughs> All right, Benny and I will be back tomorrow. Uh, always fun, Ben. Uh, this has been the uh, Rotowire DFS podcast for Wednesday, the August 10th. Again, Benny and I will be coming right back at you tomorrow, uh, right here on the MLB Rotowire DFS podcast. Until then, go out, play Justin Verlander, and go win some money. Ace is a place with the helpful hardware, folks. At Ace, your backyard's right in our backyard, which means we have hand-picked products that are right for the birds in your neighborhood, like premium bird seed, suet, birdhouses, and feeders. Stop by your local Ace and get everything you need to attract the birds you want, including Ace Wild Bird Food, on sale now. Now through Tuesday only, when you buy two 20-pound bags of wild bird food, get a third bag free, only at Ace, the helpful place. Offer valid through February 28th at participating stores.